You are listening to the Grace Covenant Cornelius Audio Podcast. We are continuing our sermon series, the Unstuck series. And so uh, we're going to talk this morning about how do we become unstuck uh, and move beyond the past. How many of you know that there are lots of reasons why we ultimately get stuck in the past? Lots of people get stuck in the past, and there's just, they vary. One reason is heritage. You know, somebody's great, great, great uncle was Thomas Jefferson, and so because of they're so, like, kind of pinned to that, that heritage, they've joined the, the mothers or the daughters of the American Revolution or something, and right? And that's just, that's, they're so focused on that that they haven't lived life. They're just kind of stuck in this, this heritage. Or maybe, maybe someone's great favorite uncle was a band member in Tommy Dorsey's band. And so because of this heritage of music, they're just kind of stuck in the big band era. And that's the music that they listen to. That's what they talk about. And they talk about their great favorite uncle all the time. We get lost and stuck because of heritage. But we also get stuck because of nostalgia. How many of you know someone that, are, how, many, how many of you would say that high school was just a great time of life, right? It was for me. I had no responsibilities. Of course, I had no jobs, but I had no responsibilities. There are people who, that's the greatest time of their life was when they were in high school, and they get stuck there. Maybe they, um, they today, they still hold the the record in their high school for the most stolen bases in a single game. And they're stuck there. And because of that, they dress like they're in the 80s. <laughs> and if they still had hair, it would be a mullet. <laughs> but they're just stuck there, right? Why? Because of nostalgia. They're trying to live their glory days. They're trying to keep connected to all their high school friends on Facebook, all those people who've moved on without them, right? But they're stuck, stuck in nostalgia. Sometimes we get stuck in the past because of our personal preferences or our, our identification. So those of, some of you may not know this, but I grew up in Texas, and um, I have friends there that they're kind of they're kind of identified. They're kind of stuck in the what I call the cowboy life. They um, they dress like cowboys, they talk like cowboys, they spit like cowboys, they go to get this. They go to cowboy church on Sundays. I'm not joking. I can't, you can't make that up. They ride horses after church on Sunday. I mean, it's just they, they want the cowboy life. They're, they're kind of stuck in their preferences or their identification. And then sometimes we get stuck in the past because of significant major events occur. Good events, you know, but, but nonetheless, we get stuck. Here's an example. It happens a lot in church, in Christendom. How many of you would say the most significant event that ever occurred in your life was the time you came to know Christ? I hope there's more hands than that. Either the lights are bright or there's no hands. So, that being the case, how many of you know someone who gets, like, they like a particular genre of music? They get stuck in the time frame of when they got saved. Maybe they got stuck. Maybe they got saved in the Jesus movement, so they liked the music of that era. Or they got saved at a church that only did hymns, and so they just think, we've got to have hymns. They kind of get stuck in that. Or sometimes they went, they went to a charismatic church, and all they did was choruses, and that's when they got saved, and so they want choruses. We get, and that's, 
that the music that they want. I mean, they want that music. If you know someone like that, do not rib them right now. But we get stuck sometimes because of significant events. Salvation is a, is a great example. But how many of you know that most people get stuck because of a significant event? But it wasn't a good event. See, that's what happens most commonly. The most common reason that people get stuck in the past is because something happened. Someone, some group offended them, violated them, harmed them, harmed their family, and they're stuck. They can't move past it. They try, they've forgiven them, but they just can't seem to move past. Or sometimes it's the individual themselves. They did something. They did something that so harmed someone else. That so wounded and broke up someone, a relationship, something, that today they can't seem to forgive themselves for what they did and what that caused to that other person, that other family. I want to say this to you. It's the first thing in your notes. But if you don't let your past die, it won't let you live. Let me say it again. If you don't let your past die, it won't let you live. When you and I get stuck in the past and our past failures and our hurts, we lose. If you're stuck in the past because of failures and mistakes and hurts, you lose. No one else is losing. You lose. You lose joy. You lose the joy that the Lord intended for you to experience and to know. You lose potential. There's a potential that's in all of us. But we lose it. We lose sight of it. We don't achieve it. We don't use it. We lose opportunities. How many of you know that that if we're stuck, sometimes the Lord brings an opportunity by and, and because we just can't take that next step, we just can't go there, the opportunity keeps on going and it passes us by. But it's okay. Another opportunity comes but the problem is, is we're stuck and we've, we want to make that step. We want to step out, but we're stuck again. And the opportunity passes us by. How many opportunities have passed us by? Because we're stuck in our past failures and our past hurts. Sometimes we lose purpose. When we are stuck in the past, the purposes and the intents that the Lord has for our lives, what he wants us to walk in, who he wants us to be, we haven't fully achieved that because we're stuck in the past. Today, we want to move out of that. I want to tell you this, that if you're not willing to let go of the past, it'll wreck your present and it'll rob your future. You absolutely cannot move forward and at the same time stay stuck in the past. How many of you know that? It's true. You cannot move forward if you're stuck in the past. This morning, this is amazing to me. This morning, we have not one, but two passages of scripture in your notes. I don't remember the last time that ever happened to Grace Covenant. 
we have two passages, two texts today. The first one is this. It's 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and it's verse 17. It says this, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone, the new is here. And Philippians 3 is our second one. And it says this, Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what's behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. So Paul says here in 2 Corinthians that there's a new life. It's available. It's available to all of us. It's available today, right here in this place. It's available But he also says in Philippians, he says, but to obtain the prize, he's going to let go. Paul says he's going to let go of what's behind him. He's going to let go of the past to embrace what's the possibility of the future. He strains to move ahead. I love that verse because there's so much stuff in there. But I have a favorite word in that verse. Anybody want to guess what it is? Straining. My favorite word in that verse is straining. It just puts the whole thing in context for me. It probably isn't going to be easy if you're straining. It's hard to move past the past. But somehow, it, it just says it's worth it. It's worth it to, get, to whatever you have to do. I have to let go of what's behind me. I will strain for whatever is before me. What is this thing? What is this prize? The other thing I love about this is who said it. Now, I love who said it. And it's not because he has my name. Look, it's amazing. Look, it's amazing that I share a name with Pastor Paul Terbetsky. That is amazing. (laughs) But what's amazing to me is that I see the Apostle Paul as just this huge pillar of our faith he wrote most of the new testament and yet here this man is saying i i have to really push the the past behind me and i have to strain to get to the prize to what's in front of me if he has to do that i feel better about what i have to do because i have to do the same thing you have to do the same thing we have to put the past behind us and we have to reach as far as hard as we can to what God has in front of us. This morning, I want to talk to you about moving beyond the past. For you and I to move beyond the past, the first thing is we have to do is don't let your mistakes define your life. Don't do it. Listen, we've all failed. We've all made mistakes, been wounded by others, But the events in our past do not have to define our lives. How many of you in this place, you would say, somewhere along the way, the path of my life, I have been, I've made mistakes, I've failed, I've been wounded, someone's harmed me, or even worse, I've done all of those things to someone else. If that's you, just share with me. Yes, that's pretty much everybody. There's a few of you who are asleep. It's okay. It's all of us. It's all of us. We've all done it. But we don't have to be defined by that. Listen, there's a lot of people in the Bible who have a past. Did you know that? 
Israel. His name was Jacob. He was a deceiver, a manipulator. He had a past, but he moved beyond it. Moses. Moses had a past. He was a murderer. Moses. The ones that the Pharisees said, we're, we're, we're of Moses. He had a past. He was a murderer. Rahab, she had a past. She had one of those scarlet letter kind of pasts. She was a prostitute. But it didn't stop her from finding herself in the lineage of Jesus. Why? Because she moved beyond it. She moved beyond. She didn't allow her identity to be defined by the past. Matthew. Matthew had a past. He was a cheater. I mean, he was a tax collector after all. I mean, it's the same in 2017, is it not? (laughs) Hi, I'm from the IRS. I'm here to help you. Yeah. (laughs) He was a cheat. He said it. He had a past, but it didn't stop him from becoming one of the apostles. Paul, the Apostle Paul, this one who's straining forward, trying to get away from his past and push beyond it, he he had a past. He killed people just simply because they, they believed differently than he did. He killed people because they knew that they had found the Messiah. He just didn't realize it yet. But he killed people. But he had a past. But it didn't stop him because once he met Christ, he didn't allow himself to be identified any longer by the past. Right? He came to the future. So Dr. Sam Rockwell is one of our Foursquare supervisors uh, out west. And uh, I recently had an opportunity to have some conversations with him. And he said this in the midst of our conversations. He said that image is who you, I'm sorry, identity is who you are. Image is who you want people to think you are. And reputation is who they really think you are. Regardless, that's who they think you are. Here's the challenge is so many of us are trying to rewrite things. We're trying to get away from the past but we're not doing it the right way. We're not going after being identified with Christ. We're trying to, we're, we're allowing our past to identify us and we don't know how to get rid of it. The reality is we have to find ourselves identified with Christ. That's the way we, that's the way we do it. I know people, I know people who have literally moved to a new city to try to get away from their past. But the reality is, is moving to a new city doesn't eliminate your past. Your past goes with you. Right? But you and I can't allow ourselves to be identified by that. We can't allow ourselves to, that's what we have to be known by. We have to be known for something different. See, the challenge is, is if we lose sight of our identity and we stop trying to truly define ourselves by it rightly, we try to identify ourselves then by image, who we want people to think we are. Listen, I get that. I want people to think that I am a good-looking, well-spoken pastor. Why are you laughing at that? (laughs) 
I get it, right? We all, there's some sense of image that we want, we project, I get that. But the thing is, is some of us try to identify ourselves with it. And if we, if we lose sight of our true identity, we will mistakenly and fruitlessly begin to start trying to identify ourselves by our image or our reputation. Listen, don't let your mistakes define your life and don't try to redefine them because of your mistakes. The second thing is this. Rise above condemnation as you rule over your thinking. Rise above your condemnation as you rule over your thinking. So out beside that, it says Romans 8, colon 1, right? Would you take your pen and write dash 2? Now, I'm just going to tell you, this is a bonus point. No other campus is getting this today. (laughs) Only you online and people here today. This is what it says in Romans chapter 8. It says, therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And this is the part, this is verse 2. Because the spirit who gives life has set you free. Listen, we have to know that. We have to know and rule over our thinking and not live in the condemnation. Romans chapter 12 says that Satan is the accuser of the brethren. It says that he wants to use your past to enslave you and to limit your life. But you and I have to rule over our thinking. We have to know what God's word says. That's the best way to to rule over our thinking is to go to what God's word says. And you and I have to know what that is. I have to do it all the time. Otherwise, I live in my past. Listen, I've said this publicly and I've said it many, on many occasions. I will never run for public office, especially president of the United States, though I would do an excellent job. <laughs> because I have a past. I have things that I've done that I'm not proud of. I have things that I don't want dredged up. I have things that I've said, people that I've harmed, and I don't want to live that again. I have moved beyond my past, and I'm not going to dredge it up. And so for that reason, I'm not going to go there, right? But the accuser can work me over just like he can work you over. I have to go back to the word. I have to remind myself of what the word says, what the Lord says of me. Because if not, then I will find myself stuck in my past. I have to remind myself that the Lord says that I am a child of God. He says that I am forgiven. He says that I've been set free and that I've been made whole. His word says that I am strong. He says that he has delivered me from the curse of sin. He says that he has redeemed me from the curse of the law. The word says that I'm a new creature. The word says that I am in the Holy Spirit. I'm the temple of the Holy Spirit. Now just stop right there and think about that. If the accuser of the brethren and what's in my mind were truly right, would I really be the temple of the Holy Spirit? No. But the word says that I am. The word says that I'm a joint heir with Christ, that I'm God's workmanship, that I am chosen, that I'm blessed, that I'm a saint, that he's made me holy. The word says that I'm established, and even more, it says that I will be victorious. We have to wrap our minds around our identity and what the word says our identity is. 
not in what the accuser says, not in the condemnation that he would put lace upon us. Listen, the facts of God's word will always trump our feelings and the lies of the accuser. The word of God. How many of you heard this repeated over at different times? Or maybe you've even said it. Your feelings will just lie to you. Anybody said that? Anybody told your kids that? I feel like the lima beans are really bad, Mom. Well, your, your feelings are lying to you. They're delicious, son. <laughs> but it's true. Our feelings will. But the, here's the great thing. God's word is truth. And we have to identify ourselves. We have to take over and rule over our minds, not over what the condemnation of the enemy would say to us. The third point this morning is we have to know that in Christ we are completely forgiven and unconditionally loved. So live forgiven. Our text this morning was one of them was 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and it says this Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. Listen, Jesus provided a new life. Live it. Live it. I've heard people say this. I asked Jesus into my heart, but I'm just not sure if I'm saved. And then they come along and they oftentimes they add this next thing to it. They say, I'm, I'm just not sure. I'm just not sure if I've, if I've done the right things. How many of you heard somebody say that before? So this next verse, circle it, put a star beside it, do something. This is going to once and for all resolve it and eliminate that lie of the enemy. It says this in Ephesians 1.7. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in according with the riches of God's grace. Listen, what that says, it says that you and I have been redeemed. We're purchased. He owns us. Right? There's no if, ands, or buts about that. It says that the, there is forgiveness of sins. He's forgiven us. It's clearly stated right there. And the last thing it says, in accordance with God's grace. So you don't have to know whether you've done enough because there's nothing you can do. It's in accordance with his grace. Right? Anybody who finds himself in that type of thinking, this verse plays all of that to rest. No matter where you have been or what you've done. God loves you personally, passionately, and unconditionally. You know, we sang uh, this morning, we sang the song, and it said, when the night is holding on to me, God is holding on. In 8 o'clock service, we sang that, and I felt like the Lord said, there are some people that the darkness of the night of their past is holding on to them. But you tell them, I still got them. Listen, the Lord is still holding on to you this morning. The Lord is not worried about your past. You've been forgiven. You've been redeemed. You have to know that. If you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, that's where you are. You and I have to move beyond our past. In closing, you may not be the person that you need to be. But in Christ, you're not the person that you used to be. Jesus Christ has set you free from the prison of the past. So live free. You know, earlier I discussed this idea of identity. 
Our identity must be in who we are and whose we are. That's our identity. Not what the accuser wants to tell us. Not what our past would say of us. Not by what we've done, said, or otherwise. But our identity is in who we are and whose we are. Listen, Paul Glenn is not um, a pastor, um, uh, a Troutmanite, um, anything like that. Paul Glenn is a child of the Most High God. And because of that, I belong to him and I am his. Is who I am and whose I am. And that is what I am identified by. That is what my identity is. And that is what I, 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 won't, I won't live according to the past. Right? And every time it comes up, I will continue to strain if I have to. To live in the new identity and the real understanding of who I am. Listen, there's a place beyond your past. It's the present and it's your future. And God intends for you to live there. Today, as I was driving in this morning, I really felt like the Lord said, today is the day. The people who are living in the past, today is their day. I don't know what's got you stuck in your past. Don't know. And it's not that I don't care. I just don't have to know. Because it's not about your past. It's about your present and your future. Jesus has made way for you and I to live well beyond our past. Not just free from our past, but abundantly, abundant living. The word says that he came to give life and life abundantly. Beyond your past. I'm going to ask that you would bow your heads with me for a little bit. I want to pray with you today. But I want to know who I'm praying for. Some of you, you've been living in the past because you've, you were wounded, harmed. In some way, you or your family were violated. And you're stuck there. And on some days, you even feel like you're in prison there. I want you to know that's not what God has for you. And if that's you this morning, I'm going to pray with you in just a minute. But I want to know who I'm praying. So while we're all just here, their heads bowed, would you just raise your hand and then you can put it back down again. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh my goodness. Thank you. All over the place. Thank you. Thank you for your courage and your honesty. Some of you, some of you know that you need a new identity. That the life you've been living is far from Christ. Or you've not really chosen to live out the identity that God gave to you. If that's you this morning, when I pray in a few minutes, I want to know who I'm praying for. If that's you, raise your hand, would you? And you can put it back down. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Finally, some of you this morning... It's time for you to forgive yourselves. And the Lord
Lord says today's your day. But it's a choice. You can walk in the freedom or you can stay stuck in the past. In a minute, I'm going to pray. But if that's you this morning, you did something at a time in your past and just like me, you're not proud of it. But the problem is, is you've, you know it's got you. If that's you this morning, would you just raise your hand and put it back down again? Thank you. Thank you. Wow. Oh. God told me he was going to set people free in this place today and it's coming. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for the privilege to be in your house. God, we thank you that your word says that we are yours. God, I thank you that, Lord, you desire that we live free from our past, that we would be stuck in that rut, in that ditch, in that quagmire no longer. And so this morning, God, I pray for all these people who've raised their hands. God, those who need to forgive themselves. God, I pray that you would come and rest upon their minds. God, that you would, Lord, allow them to see themselves fully as being free in the freedom that you intended. God, I pray that you would help them to set down, strain if they have to, to find their freedom. Lord, strain to put the past behind. Lord, for those, God, who this morning, they know that they're stuck there because someone's harmed them. Someone's done something. Lord, today I pray that your your presence would be so real in their lives. God, that they would sense your presence right this moment and know that you're there to free them from the pain of that, to release them. Lord, for those who are here this morning and they need a new identity, God, I pray first off, if they don't know you, God, I pray that that would be their first decision, God, to set their identity in order. And God, for the rest of us, God, I pray that you would allow us to see ourselves the way that you see us and that we would define ourselves. God, I pray that your word would come to us on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and any time the accuser comes to us. Lord, that we would walk fully in the freedom that you provide. God, this morning, we thank you. We thank you that you have a present and a future that is full and for us. Lord, today we thank you. And we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. For more information on Grace Covenant Church, our service times, ministry opportunities, directions, and more, visit us at gracecovenant.org.